This is episode 129 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 129 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I have Mike Ferreira on the show. Mike's early on in his investing journey, but he's hit the ground running. He's doing multiple duplex conversions in Hamilton. Uh, He talks a little bit about his journey and what he's doing to get deals done. And it's no secret that it's getting harder and harder to do that perfect burr in Hamilton. You pretty much have to find a needle in a haystack or a diamond in the rough in order to get that to happen. It's still possible, but it's getting harder. So what's the easier solution? What's the more reasonable solution? Uh, in my mind, it's to adjust investor expectations. If you have a joint venture partner, if you want to keep doing with this model in your home area, it might come down to a conversation about what's reasonable to expect and what's not. And Mike has clearly had that conversation. So he's worked it out so that even though they're doing a refinance, they're pulling out quite a bit of the money that's in, there's still roughly $180,000 in on the deal that he ran as a case study today. It's just a testament to show what's possible. There are investors out there, especially now with cash to invest. And if they're approached correctly, there is a way to get a lot of deals done, even if you can't get that perfect burr. So today's conversation was great for that. And we talked about a couple other things, the direction the market's going in and where Mike's going to be looking next to invest. That was a really enjoyable conversation. It was nice to finally meet Mike. And I hope you enjoy the interview. As always, just before we get into it, if you could please take a moment and rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already done so. And if you're watching on YouTube, just hit the like, subscribe and notification bell if you haven't done that yet. And go ahead, leave us a comment. Let Mike know what you think. Let me know what you think of the episode and if you have any comments about the conversation. If you're new to the podcast, of course, it's a great idea to head right back to the beginning and work your way all the way through because we really dig into the fundamentals at the beginning. And if you haven't already done so, I've got my cash flow sheet available so that you can analyze deals anytime you want if you visit my website at andrew-hines.com. So without further ado, Let's get into the episode with Mike Ferreira, number 129. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Mike Ferreira on the show and Mike is going to talk to us about his investing in Hamilton and beyond. I actually don't know your story, Mike, so go ahead and let us know. All right. Well, first, thanks for having me on your podcast. It's uh, it's pretty crazy that I'm on the Andrew Hines Podcast, but thanks thanks so much. feel very uh, grateful for it. Um, yeah, so... I started off uh, probably around five years ago, uh, just in single family market in Cambridge, um, bought another single family in Kitchener, and then made my way over into Hamilton, where uh, mainly do duplex conversions. Okay. So you said about five years ago, it was in Kitchener, Cambridge area? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And that was that like Burr strategy back then? Like, were you aware of, of the sort of uh, approach where you're going in renovating and refinancing? No, I wasn't uh, well versed in it at that time. It was more of uh, let's just pick up some turnkey single-family townhomes yeah. um, and and just uh, rent them out and sit on them for a bit. Okay, what made you uh, what made you decide to do that? Just the hands-off approach. Uh, having you know, starting a young, uh, starting off with a family and wanting to get into investing. It was also with partners. Um, so ultimately, just we wanted it to be hands off, and okay. uh, we wanted, you know, a solid type of property where, you know, we could offload it if you know things got bad or you know easy to sell. Yeah. Great tenant, great tenant profile as well. Okay, but what made you want to start investing in the first place? Oh, um, I guess shortly after I bought my own home, my first home, um, started to realize 
you know, what equity gain is all about and what better to have more than one property where essentially others are paying for it. It just seemed like a no brainer. Yeah. If you think about it this way, I mean, now more than ever, like if you're following Quentin D'Souza at all, he has a theory that real inflation is like over 15%, which I would totally agree with. In fact, I think it's probably closer to 20%. So if the bank's lending you money at two to three, and you're leveraging, you know, that real estate, the, the ability, like the bank, basically the bank's losing money. They're basically paying you to, to borrow money That's right. uh, because you're ultimately going to pay them back less than you borrowed in real value. Um, so yeah, now is a great time in a, in a lot of ways to borrow a lot of money to buy assets because yeah. the assets are going to hold their value or, or grow in value. And then you only have to pay back a fixed amount. So yeah, That's definitely right. equity gain is absolutely huge. I saw that too and wanted to get in on it. I remember having such bad FOMO seeing all these Toronto investors with like their properties had doubled and I was invested in London and nothing had gone up. And right. I'm just like, damn, why did I pick the cash flow market? But uh, sh- sure enough, yeah. sure enough, sure enough, it made its way there too, right? Oh yeah. Now London just, you know, it was just a matter of time. And now it's uh now it's not even really a cash flow market anymore. So right. Um yeah, all things change in time, I guess. So that's right, that's right. But now you're in Hamilton and you are doing uh, duplex conversions, right? Yeah. So we're, we're doing the birth strategy and, and converting single family bungalows into, into du- legal duplexes. And okay. that's working out really well for us. And who are you doing that with? Is it just your wife and yourself or? Uh, so we, we completed one last year. That was our first one. That was myself and my wife. And uh, we're almost wrapping up another one um, that was with a JV partner. And we just closed on another one at the beginning of June with another JV partner. Okay. And where do you find these JV partners are coming from for this? Uh, the first, well, these, these are my first two when it comes to the duplex conversions, um, friends and family. Um, okay. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It happens, uh, happens at the dinner table at uh, Thanksgiving and things like that. People hear what you're doing and they want a part of it. Right. Right. And they see what you're doing on social and, um, kind of just ask questions every time they see you or shoot you an email mm-hmm. or a text or, and it just, it just goes from there. Just natural progression. Yeah. It's been a similar experience for me. That was, that was really how it, how it started out. And then it gets easier to actually have other people that are less connected to you invest as well after that right. point. Yeah. Okay. So you want, do you mind walking me through what the numbers look like right now for a duplex conversion in Hamilton? Cause I was under the impression that it wasn't really working anymore. Um, but if you're making it work, I want to hear about it. Well, the re- one reason why I think it still works is because the ARVs and the appraisals that are coming in are still pretty good, right? Like, and they're going up and up and up, right? Like, yeah. So the highest I heard of for appraisal was 850. Yeah. Um, and we're purchasing them, you know, between the, 650 to 700 mark. Um, and also the rents have kept up as well. They have, so, huh? So they, uh, so that helps out a lot. So, yeah. So, you know, rents you're looking at for a good quality upstairs unit, you're looking at around 2000, maybe 2100. And then, uh, we actually have rented out the basement before we even finished for 1850. This is the current one that you're doing. Yeah. This is the current one. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so gross rent. So say it was twenty or two thousand fifty dollars, and then eighteen fifty. That's thirty nine hundred. Or do you think you're getting a full four thousand on that house? Uh, it'll be tough. I think. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so more like a thirty nine hundred. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So what did you buy your most recent one for? So that one was for five seventy five. Okay. And improvements. How much are you putting into it? 
Uh, we're looking at about 160. That's carrying and rentals as well. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So you're in it for about 735. And then the value at the end of that, you're like 850, you think? Um, I, I'd go conservative and just do like an 820, 825 uh, for appraisal. Okay, so 825. Then your new mortgage is going to be 618, which is uh, well more than you bought it for, but not no more than your your total. Oh, wait, no, I got that wrong. Uh, your new mortgage would be 660 at 80%. Right. And uh, so you'll have about $75,000 into that deal. Yeah. Are, are you done? Have you already refinanced it? No, not yet. No, no we okay, haven't. So yeah. You're in the process. Okay. So let's look at your... Um, Operating expenses. You got taxes. What do you figure you're going to be after the? So taxes are two ninety. Oh, two ninety a month. Okay. Yep, two ninety a month. Insurance. Sorry. We're looking at about one twenty a month. Equals one twenty times. So that's uh, whoops. Equals one twenty times twelve. That's both. No way. Fourteen forty. What kind of insurance do you got on this place? <laughs> no, it's good insurance. It's actually a, it's a design product for. Uh, people who are flipping or burying properties. Okay, that's pretty. That's pretty good. I mean, I, I guess it's not as as crazy as I thought because you're you're talking about a thousand square foot footprint with a basement yeah. unit, right? So it's okay. Yeah, so yeah that makes sense. Um, okay, so we'll say five percent for maintenance, uh, management. Are you paying management? or Are you just doing it yourself? No, I no, I just I do it myself. Yeah. Okay, and then utilities. Are you paying any of it or is it all the tenants? All, all the tenants. Tenants are paying all you. And do you just do like the 60-40 up-down split? No, we split everything. We split water and uh, hydro. And okay, so we, they have separate water for each unit? Yeah, we put in a satellite meter for the basement unit. Like a sub-meter? Yep, and then because the we, we tack on the gas bill to the upstairs tenant mm-hmm. and... Because we're doing that, we need to put we put an electric water heater for the basement unit. So they okay. they're yeah, they're not sharing the gas to heat up their water. Oh, okay. And they're okay with that. So the, the upstairs guys just know that's part of the lease you pay for. Yeah, them. yeah, no, everyone is good with it. Uh the upstairs tenant, even though they're paying for the gas, my feedback that I've gotten is it's it's fine because they essentially get to control the heat as well, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but that's all right. we continue to use that strategy and it's, it's working out so far. I haven't had anybody like tell me I'm crazy or um, give me any bad feedback about it. So, yeah, it's just a, every tenant's unique. I mean, it's only when one tenant starts using astronomical like water, if you weren't splitting that, that's where, that's where I've found some trouble, but I finally got um, a sub meter set up, which uh, reminds me, I got to follow up on that, but um, I don't know if you found something similar, but it's basically a Wi-Fi connected auto meter reader and I can log online and I can see the usage and I can just compare it to the bills and see how much the guys used in the, uh, oh, wow. no. the time frame. Never, no, never heard of that. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit more of a complicated setup. I just had it installed. So I got to, I got to log in, but up to this point, I've just had the tenant take pictures of the water meters um, at the, at the end of the cycle and send it to me gotcha. and uh, that works, but it's kind of a pain in the butt. Like, yeah. I don't really want to do that. So it's, a, it's one more thing to manage, right? Yeah. I, I don't want to manage that in any way, shape or form, but th- that house, it just became a problem because we were 60, 40, but the guys upstairs were using like 80% and the guys downstairs behind were using uh 20%. So it just wasn't right. really fair to them, but no, that's not fair. The whole property management thing, man, you're just going to come across these things and you got to find little hacks to, to get by it, to not have it be a pain in the butt later on. That's um, right. Yeah. 
Okay. So are, are you doing landscaping, snow removal or anything like that? Uh, no, I kind of just provide everything for the tenants and they're, you know, pretty happy to do it themselves. They take care of it. Okay. Yeah. So really you just have taxes, insurance and maintenance then. Yes. And then well, I just throw and mortgage and, your, and yeah, mortgage. and mortgage and then, yeah. yeah, miscellaneous, like 500 bucks a year for whatever. I just like to throw that in there uh, right. just in case, but, uh, okay. So you're figuring new value. We said 825. So I'll go ahead and calculate your mortgage based on that. I think it's about 2,500 around there with a 30 year end. And what are you two, 2% even? Yeah, I, I think so. Yep. Yeah, 2%. We'll probably get that. Okay. Let's see. So 80% loan to value, 2%. You're going to be about 20. I have 24.36 as a monthly payment. Okay. 24.50. Yeah. yeah. You've got pretty good cash flow on that. You're, you know, you're right. It, it, it does kind of work out. So 816 bucks a month um, cash flow. That's, that's pretty good. So then your five year pay down, you're getting about $17,000 a year on average. If we do a 2% appreciation, that's 16,500 a year. And then cash flow is about just short of 10 grand. So $43,000, 500, uh, overall return on an investment. We have to adjust your investment because you're only invested for about 75,000. So you got like a 58% return on your money. It's pretty healthy. Yeah. I would say so. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's working out. Um, so a couple of questions, like, first off, who is it that that's casually affording these rent payments? Cause these aren't the small rent payments that traditional Hamiltonians were able to afford. No. So, um, these rents are much, not much lower, but they're significantly lower than my duplex that I rented out last year. But it's also, there's also a, a size difference in the units, right? So, uh, the one I did last year was around the 900 square foot range. And this one's around the 1100 square foot range. So so you you do get the higher rent amounts, but um, I'm finding a lot of young, younger people that are ready to settle down with their partner um, that have saved a bit for, to buy a home, but just, they're just being priced out of the market at the moment. And Mm -hmm. I almost want to say that I find maybe people are giving up on home ownership. And uh, I mean, it's, it's a sad thing to to see, but um, they're willing to pay. And, and as long as you have, I think as long as you have a clean, modern unit, then mm-hmm. then they're willing to pay for it. So these are professionals then? So new, like just starting to work kind of Most, professionals? Mostly, yes. Um, also find a lot of uh, retirees um, are, are inquiring about the upstairs unit now. Um younger families with, with one child or two, two kids. Um, but I mean, all walks of life, I guess, but, uh, mostly younger, younger people for sure. Okay. And could you go out tomorrow and find another one of these for, uh, 575 or well, not 575. You're going to be more like you said, 675 now. Yeah. So the one that we closed on recently, that was uh, 680. So, okay. So, um, if it was 680 and we applied the exact same methodology, then you're in for $180,000 after you refinance. Right. Yeah. So, so that, that becomes a tougher pill to swallow for an investor to be in for 180 on that. Then, you know, then you're basically getting all the same and you're only a 24% return. Yeah. Something like that. Right. Um, and we ran those numbers with the JV partner and they felt comfortable with it. So yeah. I mean, it's still uh, like 24% better than you're getting in a lot of places for a passive That's right. investment. That's right. Yeah. Now, granted you guys are splitting that, 
but at the same time, it, it, uh, you're probably going to get better than 2% return or 2% appreciation. It's probably going to be more like five say, and then you're, you know, then you're up to almost 40% overall return. Right. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's obviously a, a challenge to get the cash flow, And in this case, you're putting down more and this is kind of just what people have, have accepted. Um, we're going to be into these deals for more, but we'll still have a way to, to get wealthy off of it. And, right. As, uh, and, and, you know, we, as rents are continuing to increase, I mean, we can't bank on that. That is a bit of speculation. Um, and also the ARVs are constantly, um, going up as well. So, or, Oh yeah. Like realistically, if the trend continues, you're going to be able to pull that money out in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So even if it doesn't work now, you should be able to pull it out later, especially if the rents continue to go up. So right. that'll be the that'll be the question. I mean, I, it's just anybody's guess as to uh, how much rents can continue to go up before people can't afford it, or before what I predict is going to happen. You've got two families moving into your basement unit. <laughs> yeah, <I'll> share. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I hear you, and and we, you know, I do get inquiries about that as well. Um, you know, two families wanting to move into a two bedroom basement. It just doesn't, or two couples. You know, it's just. Can you imagine that? And that's the way that's going to become a normal thing, right? Right now, that's kind of like, oh, no, I don't want that in mind. But there's somebody who will take them. I'm sure there is. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Yeah, I think I have two families living in my my duplex, but it's not. It's like an entire house. It's like it's a thousand square foot main and then a thousand square foot basement. So still, though, I mean, that's still a lot of wear and tear on that house that I I would prefer not to have. And this is in London? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Are it wasn't numbers- that way originally. It wasn't that way originally, but he <laughs> he uh, he was having trouble, so he he had his uh, his brother in law or something moving. Right. And is are the numbers similar in in London? Yeah, this place I was actually surprised. I just had an appraisal on it for eight fifty, but this is different because this is a front back. Uh, I built a thousand square foot addition in the backyard, and it's its own unit, so vaulted ceiling. That one, that one does uh, does sixteen ninety five a month right now plus utilities. And then the front one does um, like just under 2000 a month, um, but they're tenants that have been there for a while. So I, I could probably get more, you know, on the next turnover. Right. Um, it's a nice right. keeper. So, I, I mean, that's kind of my, my gear as far as London goes right now, I'd rather have family stuff than student stuff uh, going forward. Cause I just feel like admission student wise is going to shrink a bit. I think, I don't know how much, but uh, I just feel it's a far more consistent to have a bit more family right now. So that's kind of where I want to put my position. Is that mainly because of COVID? Yeah, I think that the online shift is going to come. And then, you know, of course, if you believe the Gary Vee model that everything can be learned on YouTube, um, school is becoming a little bit less useful than it was. Of course, people are still going to go to dentistry, medical, like those are never going anywhere, engineering. Um, But I do see possibility for a little bit of a reduction in enrollment. So that kind of prompted me to, especially with, with the lockdowns and all that, it prompted me to want to make a, a bit of a change. Right. Yeah. You know, I used to think that student rentals were the safest investment ever. And now I feel like, mm, you know, anything could change and, and, you know, social trend towards education could change too. Yeah. But that's, you know what, that's part of what we do, right? We pivot yeah. And, yeah, pivot. And, and we move around and, and, and do different strategies yeah. and try different things out. Yeah. It's not to say it's bad. Like I'm still hanging on to some, but I mean, at the end of the day, I'm okay to not like, I don't really want to be in students for just one or two. I'd rather just, you know, focus on something else right. and, uh, and then do it that way. So, 
So what are, what's next for you? Are you going to continue to look in Hamilton? Is that, are you satisfied with these numbers and just continue rocking on with it? I mean, if, if the appraisals keep coming in, I, I wouldn't mind. Um, I'm also starting to look at more uh, income generating properties, um, maybe some more multiplex. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really just, just the beginning of, of, of that. Um, maybe do some private lending um, as well. Try to diversify a little bit. Okay. Um, but that's, that's pretty much it. But still within, within the realm of uh, real estate. For sure. Yeah, but you're not going to go outside of Hamilton. You're not going to go like Niagara, Brantford. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll have I'll have to do quite a bit of research for you know a new area to take on, and but which which I'm fine with. I haven't really dug into it at all, um, but just strictly. Well, uh, there's no need to though if you like what you're doing. I think like the big thing for most people, they're going to look at that and say, well, I can't leave 180 in that deal. Like how, how much progress can I make? But I think right. if you're confident in your ability to just keep doing this and keep finding new new partners that have more, you know, more capacity on their line of credits or wherever they're getting the money, right. then, uh, then keep going with it. Is that where they're finding it? Or, or are these people that just had money saved up that they wanted to invest? No, it's, it's equity. It's just, you know, equity built up over the years and, um, in their property. Okay. Yeah. And they just, they know that real estate's pretty safe and sound, um, you know, overall investment. So, and they just don't, you know, they're like, you're, they're, they're, typical young families that just really busy, you know, have, have kids and don't have the knowledge or the time to um, get started in real estate. So, mm-hmm. and I help them out with that. So it's worked, it's, it's working very well. Okay. So do you have a goal? How many units you're going to try and get to? No, I, no, not really. So you're just going to keep growing casually and just see where it goes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have like a number of uh, like, passive cash flow that you would want before you quit your job by the way i don't know what you do for a living <laughs> well i'm a, by trade i'm a truck driver um, okay but um i don't know the, the the amount of 10 grand a month is always uh stuck with me um obviously it'd be great to get more but that sounds really yeah. good um i'd love to maybe retire my wife at some point um that would be a goal as well and what's your wife do she's an hr Okay. And you guys are both working in Hamilton, I'm guessing, living in Hamilton. No, I don't live in Hamilton. I live in Cambridge. Um, okay. And currently, my job just moved to um, Bolton. So that's quite a trek. Yeah. Um, and it's, it was actually, it's actually a kind of a push to, to, to get me doing more things to eventually... Um, I don't want to stay there forever. It's just... It's, it's not worth it for me to drive all that way. But um, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, what do you mean? What are you going to do? <laughs> um, I've, I've, I've been looking into maybe becoming a real estate appraiser um, as well. Okay. Um, I mean, I just have, I have a, sky, a high school diploma, so um, there, I'm kind of limited to certain careers, but um, I'm open to anything right now at this moment. I'm just kind of brainstorming and see what I can do and, uh, so that I can reach, reach my goals, I guess. I wouldn't limit, I wouldn't say you're limited. I mean, I, I got a university degree from a business school, which I should have been probably using to, according to the system should have been using to like get a consulting job or work as an accountant or something like that. And, right. uh, I, everything I've done really other than the teaching was all just entrepreneurial. Right. I think, right. Yeah. There's, 
world's your oyster as far as that goes, right? Like you just not necessarily as a job, but there's lots you can still do. Right. And just, just the idea of kind of doing your own thing is, um, it's really stuck with me and something that I really want to work, work towards. Um, uh, having that freedom is just, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Like for me, I don't, no one could, I don't think anyone could pay me enough to work a normal job. Like, I just don't think I could do it. I don't even want to let anyone buy my time, even for coaching. Like as much as I do like talking to investors, I'd rather it just be like, let's just have a chat, which is always the way I've thought about this podcast. Like right. let's just two investors. Let's just have a chat about real estate. Like if we had just finished around a golf, I'd probably ask you these same questions, which is exactly <laughs> right. why it works. Right. And that, right. that's actually the comment I've had from people. It's just like, Oh, it's just like two investors having a conversation. Right. Exactly. No, it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. And, and thanks for putting out all these, all this, um, all this content. It's, it's helped me a lot and I'm sure it's helped others as well. And yeah, uh, look forward to more. Yeah, man. Well, what was it? Uh, like, like when you hear all the stuff like that we've covered on this show, um, like what kind of strategies, obviously the Burr one with the duplex conversions, that that's kind of like the most obvious one, I think in Ontario right now, were there other things that you like heard of or thought of that, that kind of tweaked your interest and you would want to pursue from your, from your show alone, mine or others, like what, what kind of strategies are appealing um, to you? Some, someone I followed from the get-go was Matt Pichet. Um, okay. I really liked his, his like hands-off approach to real estate investing that always stuck with me. And that's, you know, going back to my single family and uh, properties that I invest in the was, boring approach as he, yeah, he calls ex- it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that, that stuck with me, but obviously that was short lived uh, due to prices, you know, purchasing prices. Yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, the burst strategy for sure. And now, you know, the adding, adding value to, to properties, you know, uh, whether it's garden suites or, you know, um, I've been following Andy Tran a little bit with his severing lots and creating, um, you know, duplexes on those as well. So that's, that's pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. Severing lots is a big one. If you, if you can find something with the extra land, I think that that's like, if you can find a deal that works and just happens to have that extra land, it's worth just slowly trying to work on that approval so that you can sever it and later on, hopefully sell it. Or right. And, and ha- it. right. Have a house that you can rent out during the process of. Uh, yeah, exactly. That. That's the key thing. I don't want to, I don't want to speculate on development if I don't know that at least I'm covering my expenses, you know, maybe I'm right. investing a bit on the, on the gamble of the development, development play. Right. Who are you using for your renovations in Hamilton? Uh, so currently, uh, for the last two projects, I've used uh, Ken Beacondam oh, okay. uh, for my drawings and my um, renovations. So he just does the whole thing? Yeah, he just kind of one-stop shop and um, handles all the, the day-to-day of it. Dude, that sounds awesome. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm in and out of there checking up as well, um, yeah. just because I, you know... I, I have that responsibility to my JV partners as well. So, yeah, obviously you want to make sure things are going well, but he's uh, it's nice that he handles the whole thing. Start to finish I, you can't always find that people who do design and build as far as those rentals. And he's pretty specialized as well. Yes. He um, is, yeah. Okay, uh, my first, are you doing my first duplex? I did do a little bit of hands-on work myself on the upstairs unit. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty handy myself, but it's just now it's just, it takes up too much of my time. I, I, I can't be bothered and I kind of get frustrated near the end. Um, uh, it's just, it gets, it gets to be too much. So, and not enjoyable, right? 
Yeah. If the, if the pressure's on, it's not fun. I, I would agree with that. Um, with your 160, how much, how far does that money go? Like, what does that money cover? Um, so that one, we actually went a little bit over. We had, uh, we had, I call it the basement from hell. Um, okay. so we're over 23,000, I think on our original renovation cost. Um, like you so, exceeded ex- estimations. Uh, yes. Yeah, for okay. sure. Yeah. Uh, By 23,000. So, yeah. That was the cost of, you know, repairing the basement to where it should be so that we can start. Uh, well, what was, what was wrong with it? Well, first we had uh, water penetration through the block, the basement foundation wall. Okay. So you had to do the interior weeping system. We did do an interior weeper and we had some heaving of the floor of the slab of the basement slab. So the floor, um, that was, you couldn't really hide it. So, um, we decided to break up all the concrete and re-pour a new slab, the whole basement, the whole basement. And we also removed, um, it's called slag. And it's a, it's a product of metal. It's a byproduct of metal production and Hamilton in Hamilton, they use it as backfill. So oh, from yeah. what I've been told is it, it, it retains moisture um, a lot more than your typical gravel that would be underneath your slab. And mm-hmm. it causes hydrostatic pressure and it, it has a tendency to lift the slab and the slab will separate itself and you'll have two different levels. So, um, once we had that slab out, then we could remove that slag mm-hmm. and not pour a new, fa- you know, pour a new slab on top. And then wow. in the meantime, we're, you know, we're doing new drains as well since we're, we're that far, right? New drain. Oh, like new floor drain and stuff like new that. Floor dra- yeah, yeah. So upgrade, but you would have done that too anyway. Right. Or, or were you just planning on having the bathroom exactly where it was? Um, no. So typically we would just change in whatever areas we would need to change and we would tie into the existing clay, right. Because we would just break up right only where you needed, yeah, where you need it. But since we had the whole floor up Mm -hmm. anyways, it was, it only made sense to put, um, new, new plastic piping or drains. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah, the the clay ones, obviously, uh, you know, they'll, they'll leak over time and not that where, where's the water really going to go. I mean, I've never been too worried about that, but yeah, of course, if you broke it all up, you might as well just replace it all. Yeah. And and what happens with those clay drains is they separate at the joints because they're not, uh, they're not glued or anything. They're just kind of just placed together. Right. It's kind of a gross thought. It is, isn't it? You yeah, guys find some root- gross stuff when you broke uh, broke everything up. Well, I wasn't there, so I, <laughs> I'm sure plumbers have to deal with a lot of stuff. You know, there's a business I just can't understand. I mean, I, the new co- new construction part, no problem. But I mean, the people who get into fixing new and house calls and stuff, I can't understand it. Yeah, especially if you go into like you know the older part of town, you know, like downtown yeah. Hamilton or downtown Toronto. I'm sure that's uh, not fun at all. No, definitely not. Um, okay. So yeah, 160, you shouldn't have been that much. So you figure you would have been closer to like one, one thirty otherwise, or one, one forty. Yeah. Around there. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's then, the number I've also, heard about. Did that cover upstairs a little bit too? Like some, some cleanup uh, on the upstairs? Very well, we added an in-laws, uh, laundry or sorry, in-suite laundry. Mm-hmm. And we added some pot lights and the new, you know, a new panel upstairs as well. Right. Any kitchen work or anything like that? No, this kitchen was in really good shape. Um, so we, we, we decided okay. not to do anything to it. 
didn't need to do anything to that. No. Okay. So if you, if you, what if, what if the upstairs is rough? Like how's your game plan change? If you go in and you see like this, this upstairs is from 1960, like good footprint. It's a 1100 square foot or a 1200 square foot bungalow. And you think, Hey, side door access, it's all good. I think this is a good duplex. First off, what are you paying for that? And how much money are you going to have to invest in it? Yeah. So right now it's, it's kind of tough to judge rental costs just because of the, 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 the cost of materials changing um, all the time, especially with, with lumber. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, they have increased significantly. Um, there's no doubt about that, but I try to stay away from properties that need uh, a lot of work upstairs. Um, I mean, unless it's for the right price, um, it's totally doable. Yeah. I, I would be open to it. Okay. But you're not looking. So you wouldn't even like, you wouldn't even entertain a a 1960s upstairs right now. You're looking for something that has a nicer upstairs. Um, well, my first, my first duplex, uh, it was maybe updated 30 years ago, but yeah, like I said, but I, I kind of, that's when I went with, you know, put my hands on it. And and I started doing a lot of work upstairs myself to Mm kind of save, save on that. But, um, no, like I said, if if we come across something that does need work upstairs and it's for the right price, then yeah, I'd, I'd totally be open for it. The key uh, is is being able to act quickly, right? I mean, how how quickly can say someone like Ken get you an estimate, or are you getting to the point where you can just say, well, you know, that upstairs is just going to cost me an extra twenty grand? Yeah, I mean, if it was last year, I could say a number, but this year, like like with the costs of materials it's it's yeah. tough for me to to judge right um also there's a little bit more delays um in terms of you know permits getting approved um yeah. how to, long is that taking so right now it used to be 10 business days uh with the city of hamilton um now it's about 15 uh to 20 days so we're looking at an extra week or two just for that's it so you approvals. Even if they, they have something in the permit package that they don't like, it's still going to be all done. They'll just ask you and then they still approve it. Um, no, if there's, I, I, if there's something they don't like, they won't approve it. And then you have to resubmit and, and wait again, right? Oh, resubmit. Okay. So like say, in I, London, I believe so. I believe so. in London, I can just send in the, like, Oh, you needed, uh, you needed to show this on this document. Okay. Here's the replacement. Like that's, right. that's the so kind we, of thing. We ran into that issue with the recent project um, over parking, and it took a little, it took a little while to get the approval back, right? Gotcha. With, 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 with the changes, so um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely not as quick as it was a year ago or a year yeah. and a half ago by by any means. I was just talking to a guy who told me it was um, four months, five months in London to get a permit. Wow! And he was calling in all the time, like, hey, you know. They must have loved him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to coach him on that. I'm like, if you don't call in, I mean, they'll tell you that it's going to take longer. But uh, yeah. squeaky wheel always gets the oil. Just got to be polite. Yeah, <laughs> and persistent. Polite and persistent. Like the most yeah. polite and pleasant ever, but then never, never relenting. And right. uh, yeah, that, that usually will do the trick sooner or later. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I mean, I see tons of hurdles right now. Um, a lot of uncertainty in, in the market in terms of supply, because we've got all this extra currency floating around. A lot of people were doing quite well during the lockdown, doing home renovations, but it's, it's more than that. There's a lot of money in this system and it's chasing very few goods or compromised uh, goods because I mean, a lot of plants shut down a little bit, but I get these emails all the time. Oh, this year is unprecedented. Um, you're going to have to check with your sales rep uh, what's available and how quickly they can get it. 
it's uh, it's just one thing after another. So I've had to make decisions. Okay, well, we're not going to use that thing or we're not going to use that specific model. We'll get this one. Um, but one thing I would say is if, if people, like if you're starting your project, buy your appliances at the beginning because you probably won't get them until the end. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, yeah, I went ahead already. Um, we're probably a month away. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we got, I, I, I secured my appliances already mm-hmm. for sure. Cause that's, it's, it's everything. Like it's just, it's not just your lumber and your drywall. It's, it's mm-hmm. everything. Right. And it, it legitimately is being driven by demand, demand in dollars. And since so many more dollars exist, it's just going right. to drive up the price. Like if you're the appliance salesperson or the appliance company and you're constantly sold out of product, why break your back uh, running around? Why not just raise your prices until now, now people are just buying up the product you have. Right. You know what and I mean? That, it's just and, logical, right? Right. And that goes back to, you know, the whole, like, like you just mentioned the whole printing money and, yeah. you know, in, inflation it's, it's here. It's, Oh, it's, it's here. here. Yeah. Like it's, I said, I, I really here for a while. I really do think we're, we're legitimately at 20% plus a year. I, yeah, I think that we're there. I mean, I know Quentin says 15. Sure. Well, we won't, uh, you we won't, won't split argue hairs. that regardless. We yeah. won't split hairs, but, yeah. um, I mean, that this is what it means for investors. If you're sitting on cash, you're, you're losing 15% a year on your investment for your sure. non-investment on your asset. Um, if you can call cash that, or you put it into something and, and you got to be making, if you're doing private mortgages, you know, either you don't believe in that number or you got to be making more than 15, 16% just to, just to stay even, but actually realistically more like 20 to 25, cause you're going to pay taxes on your, on your profit. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's crazy to think of it that way. Like once you, yeah. once you start breaking it down, it's just, it's yeah. wow. Like how, how are we going to get ahead? Right. Well, yeah. So there, there's where, uh, you know, getting it into real estate, uh, long-term assets that you're not going to sell so that you don't have the, the quote unquote tax event, uh, of right. a sale. And that way you can um, watch your asset climb in value, leverage against it, buy more and more and more and, and all without getting cut off at the knees, knees by taxes. Right. So I think that's uh, the big thing to avoid. But of course, we all need to carry some cash, right? We all need you know, to have that. And it's just part of the game right now. I wish I had the answer. I wish I had a perfect answer for that. Well, things <laughs> are come to me yet. like all these changes happen so quick, right? Yeah. Um, and but it wasn't anything that we couldn't have predicted though, right? I mean, anyone who was following my podcast knows, like I called that out like week two of the lockdown. I'm like, we're going to have massive inflation because of you this. did, you did. Yeah. No, I didn't, I didn't believe you at first. I'll be honest. Yeah. But um, yes, you know, after you know, following what's going on in the market, you it's, yeah. it's plain sight. Like if, if yeah. you don't see it, it's, uh, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I don't like being right. <laughs> I mean, in that case, not about, yeah, this. That not about this. It's a validation. Like uh, my senses to trust my senses and my senses are usually right. Um, right. Not, 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 that's not an arrogant statement. I just trust my gut and what I, what I know and what I've learned. Um, there's plenty I don't know, which I'm you know always curious about. Of course. Um, so anyways, I, I don't have a specific uh, um, idea as to what's great, but right now I'm looking, um, I think land is great, a great idea, uh, owning land at resource p- producing land, land that can be farmed, um, and, and then potentially severed. So you've got, you know, a multi-prong, um, strategy there. Even if I could find land on outskirts of smaller towns where I can rent the house out, like we talked about, look to develop it, you know, sever it, farm it in the meantime, um, just creative ways to add value. I don't know. Like, have you found any creative ways in Hamilton that where you can add value and, and get more out of them, like a garage or um, you know, so something my like du- that? My duplex I did last year, I'm, I'm toying with the idea of doing a garden suite that, you know, we have a, a, a fairly large backyard there. Zoning um, will allow it? Um, well, 
I, I, I'm not 100% sure where Hamilton is right now with the garden suites, but I'm toying of the idea. I'm toying with the idea that you know, let's see if this is possible here, and then you know, maybe be prepared to yeah. to to do it once it's all allowed and you know, all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed. So I heard it was close, if not already approved. But I mean, if it's anything like what London is, is it's just so hard to actually satisfy their conditions. Like they just make it That's so true. unreasonable to satisfy their conditions. So you'll never actually be able to build one. So yes, you can, right. as long as you satisfy this criteria, which you can't. Right. Uh, right. I think there's similar issues in Kitchener right now as well. They allowed mm-hmm. it, but no one can meet criteria. the criteria. <laughs> yeah. Like I think it, like the units have to be a certain size and everyone's just like, well, that's just too small or, you know, so right. Yeah, exactly. Just, just not reasonable, which, which isn't cool. Yeah. Nah, that's what these cities do. It's a passive aggressive way of not, not really uh, conceding. Like they, they meet their obligation uh, that they have to approve it or allow it, but they don't, you know, that's kind of where they stop. They don't make so. it easy. They don't they, make it easy. They don't. Means. Yeah. So yeah, we'll have to see where, where things end up. Um, um, I've also toyed with the idea of like a coin op car wash as well. Um, owning the land, of course, something as a, oh, for, yeah. for income as well. Um, and those are great uh, cash businesses. Not not going to say anything more than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and it, it would be you know uh, fairly hands off um, for as a business as well. So um, yeah, that's, I like yeah, that. that'd be a good one. I mean, I think f- for me, like my my brother in law just bought a property and he's got this like little um, uh, shed in the backyard that used to be used for raising uh, like seedlings into plants, like early for your planting your garden. Right. Right. And I'm like, man, this looks like it would be a perfect Airbnb suite. You could just like rent, <laughs> rent this little house <laughs> out for hundred bucks a night. And like in the summer, I mean, right. think about it, that. The, the shed's just there and you just make it look nice for maybe a thousand bucks. And then yeah. all summer long, rent it out for like a hundred bucks a night or something like that. Wow. I mean, in the bathroom part, yeah, you'd have to figure that out or you pay to put outhouse. one in. <laughs> Yeah, you could put it in a nice little outhouse experience. Somebody would still be okay with that. I'm, I swear. I'm sure they would. will be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Even, even if you rent it at a discount, everyone needs a place to stay, right? No, so, for sure. So just and like see, creative stuff like that. And, and the man for like short-term rentals now or, you know, so that yeah. would be, uh, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing he did, uh, I should get him on the show to talk about this. He bought an Airstream trailer and he's just going to park it on a piece of land and rented it on Airbnb, like a 20 grand trailer. Hey. There's so much money to be made. <laughs> well, I know I, I saw an ad on, I think it was Instagram or Facebook. I'm not sure now, but uh, you know, you can rent out just land for people to pitch a tent and, and camp out. So yeah. if, if you have a, you know, a good piece of property and uh, somebody wants to camp out legit in Hawaii before all this uh, lockdown stuff happened, they, um, my wife and I were looking at going back. We'd been there once and I was just look, looking at what's available on Airbnb in Maui, 200 bucks for a tent next to an outhouse. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> at least you get an outhouse. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they supply the tent too. Yeah. So you just have to bring your air mattress. <laughs> Two, 200 us too, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like what yeah. the heck, man? So, uh, I also saw, I saw an ad on Facebook. Um, somebody in Cambridge was renting out their pool for $60 an hour. That's brilliant, man. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously I mean, liability that comes yeah. with that and you have to, was, you have to make sure you're insured properly. That's a little trickier, but yeah. I mean, it's all fair game. Like Airbnb has experiences and um, I think we're all going to have to get really creative um, and just start thinking of how can I versus uh, 
you know, where or, you know, what next, I think it's more of like, well, what can we do that's going to make this, this profitable versus not right. Cause then you don't need to go to a different city. You can stay right in Hamilton as an investor and right. Uh, and work from there. So it's, it's, it's also a little tougher when you don't have extra land, right? Like when you, when yeah. you have land, like you mentioned, you know, the, the, the land play in, in real estate is, is nice as well. Right. Yeah. You have options. Yeah. Houses in the city, not just out, out of the city, like houses in the city with like an acre or, you know, even a double wide lot or anything like that. Even if your house is right in the middle, down the road, who knows, it probably could be profitable to knock your house down and just sever right down the middle. And For sure. um, you just never know down the road what what stuff might be worth so anyways um mike really cool chatting with you and finally you meeting well. I, I know we've messaged on instagram a ton over probably the last year or something and right. uh yeah it's great to make that connection so if, if uh, people wanted to find you and follow you where do we send them um instagram would be the best uh mike ferreira 82 that's m-i-k-e-f-e-r-r-e-i-r-a 82 or you can find me on YouTube um, under invested with Mike, one word. Um, but yeah, that's, that's Instagram would be, if you wanted to message me, if anybody has any questions, you, that, that would be the best place to, to reach me would be Instagram. Perfect. And uh, any words of wisdom before we, uh, we sign off here? Oh, wow. There's so much, man. Uh, listen to the Andrew Hines podcast. How about that? Uh, yeah. From the beginning, start at the beginning. Yeah, from the beginning. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah and be, and you know what? Being a truck driver, that's all I do uh, is is listen to podcasts, and you know I have a long drive into work as well, so that that helps a lot. But it's been a great source of knowledge. Um, so mm-hmm. for anyone that's thinking of you know uh, learning more podcasts, definitely um, mm-hmm. uh, network, um, network with people, um, ask questions, uh, don't be afraid to take risks. Obviously calculated risks, uh, do your homework, reach out, you know, if you're not sure, reach out to anybody that's, uh, that's been doing it. Um, the real estate community or real estate investor community, I should say has been absolutely fantastic. Um, just too bad. We don't have the meetups that we had, you know, prior to COVID. Um, and I would say once those get rolling again, um, attend those, attend as many as you can, as often as you can and, and, and network with people that way. It's, it's, yeah. fan- it's fantastic. Getting face to face is huge. Yeah. There, and definitely like now more than ever, there's not really an excuse to not get started. I mean, the more elaborate strategies, the more sophisticated strategies, those are going to take time, but, but there's a lot of people that are kind of there. They've got a couple of feet in the water and, uh, and they can share. They, so many people in this industry are happy to share. So great. Point yeah. It's, there. it's ultimately f- it's free knowledge and, mm-hmm. you know, like w- within one text message or, or, you know, if one phone call, you, you can have your answer, yeah. you know, um, use that, use Absolutely. that to your advantage. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Well, Mike, thanks a lot for doing this really nice chatting with you and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll stay in touch keep me posted on your, sure. uh, your next moves and, and where you're seeing good opportunities. Awesome. Thanks for the opportunity, Andrew. Really appreciate it. Anytime. All right. Have a Take good care. You as well. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. I'll see you on the next one.